0: So, in the back of my mind for a long time, because we're an Australian mm. pop culture podcast in a roundabout way, mm. i wanted to do an intermission where we cover our favourite episodes of Bluey. And I remember suggesting mm. this to you and then being hit by the bombshell mm. that you don't particularly like Bluey.
1: Uh yeah it's not a criticism of the craft that goes behind it. Uh I don't like the experience of watching it. It's a
0: bad experience. <laughs> I know we need to unpack this. We need to unpack this. It's like can, can, like and I need I need to explain here mm. how much of an influence Bluey has had on children and parents in Australia ever since it was released to the point where I went to a birthday party on the weekend. And when you're a parent of young kids, birthday parties are a whole thing. Like they take up half of a weekend. We went to a play center half an hour away. The kids were playing Pass the Parcel. And immediately, as soon as Pass the Parcel happened, someone was like, but we're not playing Lucky's Dad's Rules. And every single parent in agreement was like, oh, no, 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 not Lucky's Dad's Rules, which is a reference to a Bluey episode, which has now basically... Become canon for how children and adults play past the parcel in Australia moving forward. It's wild how accepted Bluey is, not just as a show people watch, but as as a instructor for how people parent and how kids act. So Peach, for you to drop the bombshell to be like, I don't enjoy the experience of Bluey is it's kind of like like standing apart from Australian parent culture. So I need to know more.
1: Well well, so I also like standing apart from things. Like <laughs> Whenever there's unanimity on something, I tend to be like, nah, I'm not sure that's the absolute. <laughs> I'm not sure that's the best thing. Um, Shag, I went to the opera on the weekend, right? Uh, and I debriefed with you afterwards. It was the Magic Flute, which is renowned to be apparently one of the more approachable operas going along. And it was all translated into English. And Patagino, who's a lovable rouse about town, was an ochre bloke who carried an esky round. I was like, Oh, g'day, um, Tamina. G'day, Tamina. It's just me, Patagino. Anyway, oh, it's fucking
0: me, Patagino.
1: And, stuff. and, and, and I was sort of sitting there watching this being like, What the fuck am I? Like, what am I watching? And, None of that is to denigrate opera, right? Or to say opera is bad and opera is a wrong way to do music and the white things I like are the right way to do music. It's to say that art that you appreciate is about moving you to some form of response, right? It's about getting through to you. And the entire... Like, like I was just in countdown mode the entire time. I was like a seven-year-old child of like, surely another minute has passed <laughs> since I checked my watch. <laughs> like, this is like, like, we just need to get out of here. Um, bluey, similar but slightly more distasteful. In that you're right, Australia does have bluey brain. Um, in that there's an uncritical acceptance and almost like a fervent embrace of like everything bluey does is good and must be adopted, and we've got to have Lucky's rules for pass the parcel. Um, there was a particularly distasteful moment recently that really kind of highlighted how um, unfortunate I think that is, and it's an episode called, well, I don't know what it's called, I think it's called Cricket, and every bit which, of Which means- should be
0: the episode for you, Pete. Like, it's got everything going it- for it.
1: Every bit of cricket media I consume is like I cried a thousand times and it's perfect and it says everything you've got to say about growing up cricket and fairness and, you know, spooning a catch to the daughter and it also is technically correct. Like and you sort of learn a little bit about the sport and, you know, you learn a bit about hard work and a couple of tributes to like iconic – like a couple of if you know, you know tributes to really like iconic Australian cricket moments in there and even to the broader – sort of Australian cricket background that all good players are sort of made by their backyard, like you can read back when you see a 30 year old good batter, you can be like, oh yeah, they grew up in the country where there was a big slope going across their back paddock where they used to practice and so that's why they're so good at this shot and 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 that that kind of thing. You get a lot of that from um, the episode of cricket and of course what you also get is uh, an episode from more or less the episode's hero who we are meant to lionise who is Rusty's dad and Rusty's dad is—we are left to infer—in um, an armed conflict in the Middle East, uh, fighting for Australia. And there was this great poet, and I regret that I do not have the name of the poet to hand, but you'll be able to find it on Instagram channel of like, oh yeah, like no matter how uh, happy and calm things are in Australia, uh, no matter uh, what's going on there are always going to be uh, excuses made and explained away for white people to be off somewhere else in the world killing brown people with 0 moral analysis. And to me, that's very much the Bluey issue. And the challenge Bluey has is that it is such a cultural monolith now. So if, if it was a smaller show and expressed some views that I didn't agree with, you'd go, oh, yeah, well, there are some artists whose work doesn't, like, cut through and influence culture. But it's the very Lucky's Rules at a Kid's Birthday issue that I find so distasteful, right? Because what we have is something accepted uncritically, almost, like, culture-wide, almost nationwide, that is thought of as, you know, the great Australian achievement. And there's no criticism of, look, the the behaviour of the dad, the Homer Simpson dad, who, you know, I fucking hate as a character – I'm allowed to hate characters and it not be a problem, except when a generation of parents model their conduct based on this fictional character. So, on a, in a way, that's not Bluey's fault, right? Media can have distasteful characters in it that I don't like. There are lots of bits of media that have characters I don't like in there. The challenge is that Bluey has become such so a monolith that the experience of watching it for me is that sort of meta textual experience of like, oh, fuck. How many kids are watching this? How many grown-ups are watching this? How many Bunnings sponsorships calling themselves Hammerbarn over the weekend or whatever are going on? And it feels insidious and uncritically embraced. And so there's just something about the way I'm wired and, look, particularly the cricket episode, that whenever there's something so broadly uncritically embraced, I find it really distasteful. Also, Bluey, like, celebrates... Some of the more difficult moments of parenting, and it's like, oh yeah, that's just really fucking unpleasant. Like, it's just like I'm spending time thinking about shit stuff that I don't really particularly want to think about or reflecting on, you know, elements of parenting that I sort of want to exclude. So, for the three reasons of, uh, oh, for whatever the two reasons are I mentioned earlier and that third reason, I'm not a big Bluey fan. That's not to say other people don't have to be Bluey fans. You're allowed to like Bluey even though I don't. That's fine. Best of luck to you. The cricket episode is really quite instructive about. Cricket and, and its cultural role in Australia. But, yeah, Bluey, Bluey, not for me.
0: What I think is is amazing about this viewpoint and what I found so interesting about it is I have always treated Bluey uncritically, but there's been something a little bit off about the most recent season, Season 3, Yeah, okay. that, that, that I couldn't quite put my finger on. And I think the thing I love about Bluey is... Like, all great pieces of art, and I do think mm. on some level it's a great piece of art.
1: Mm. Certainly influential. It,
0: but- it, it came from a true thought, a true purpose that wasn't we want to make a great piece of art. I love the story that the creator watched Peppa Pig and hated how shitty the dad was and what a shitty sort of role model he was in Peppa Pig and was mm. like, I want to make a show where the dad is actually... An active dad in their kids' lives, you know, and isn't like a stereotype. And I think for the first season and even the second season, they kind of achieved that. But like all, you know, like all art that gets popular, I think it started aiming for a more profound purpose. Like it started aiming to, you know, have bigger messages. And I think when you try to be profound is when you open yourself up to reveal your own innate prejudices. And I think for a long time, probably like post 9 there's, 11, there's definitely an underlying thing in Australian culture that it's like, we don't even think about Australian soldiers in Arabic countries being soldiers. Like we yeah, don't, not, it, they just exist. Not critically. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, well,
1: I think we had some soldiers around the world doing some stuff. Yeah. They're yeah. They're up, up something.
0: And, and there's an argument that, I, I, I like, I think it's a lot more nuanced than this, but to a degree, it's created a devaluation of the lives of people who live in Islamic and Arabic yes. countries, right? Like, yes, absolutely. And – and, and Bluey's
1: and it, complicit in that.
0: Exactly. And it's unquestioned. Yeah. And, and it doesn't, like, it's not like Bluey's saying, like, Bluey does not come out and go, yeah, like, and Bluey would be the first thing against that. Like, I've, you know, we have we have a large Arabic and Islamic, you know, culture, mm. like, you know, in Australia, especially in Sydney, mm. especially where I live. It's like, we have a large, there's a large cultural influence from, you know, Islamic and Arabic people. And I'm sure Bluey at like a surface level would is totally on board with that and understands that and would have characters like that. but. That implicit blind spot of brave soldiers in the Middle East Mm. is, is glaring. And that's what they've exposed themselves to by trying to be profound in these most recent episodes where every episode has to have this bigger point rather than just being a really simple show about wanting to show what active parents look like in their children's life, which I think is what makes it special. And I think why it resonated from the beginning.
1: Gravman, it's a great law firm, <laughs> you should come and use it.
0: <laughs> in the same way that that kind of wasn't what I would say, although I do, can, I say, can I actually say, with all that in mind, can I say my favourite Bluey episode? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or can I say my two favourite Bluey episodes? Uh,
1: in order, yes, not if they're not in order.
0: <laughs> okay, so my second favourite is an episode that appeared to me at the right, it was almost uncanny how much it appeared to me at the right time.
1: Mm.
0: I had just been made redundant and it coincided with Bluey becoming such a phenomenon in Australia that the new episodes coming out was an event. Like I think it was like Sunday morning at eight AM or something. They premiered and it was a thing. Everybody watched them. It was just it was the first time in a long time that event television was back on free to air TV.
1: Non Matilda's event television, yes.
0: And so I had just like I had literally just been made redundant. And I think I talked about it in episode 200 about how the, the, the toll that that took on my mental health also took a toll on my parenting. You know, like I probably mm. was more reactive, was less patient, was not the dad I want to be. And within, I like, you know, honestly, in the week that I had been made redundant, this episode came out where Bandit, the dad, can't, they're all at the beach and he's distracted by something. And they never reveal what it is. But the mom's like, Bandit, are you still thinking about it? And it's like, come on, you just got to let it go. And the kids are just playing and he's just staring out into the distance. And there's a point where the mom, Chili, says, you've just got to let it go. You're missing all of this. And then there's this beautiful moment at the end where Louie is teaching Bingo how she lets go of things and she's like, I, I grab them from my chest and I grab them from the other bit of my chest and then I roll them up into an imaginary ball and then I throw them in the ocean and then they're gone. And there's a moment at the end where the dad does that as well. And obviously it's reaching for profoundness there, like profundity there too. Mm. But also I'm pretty sure in that moment, I, I'm sure... Silently by myself, I went outside and tried to scrunch up the the feelings I had had from this redundancy and throw them away as well. Like it was, it's a, it's it, like it was a, it was an episode that came for me for a moment in time. But I've never had media know me so well. It was beautiful, and it was like I think like along with that, and Bo is afraid helped me get back on track as a parent.
1: Go shag, fuck.
0: But then my absolute favourite episode is probably the episode where they were like, oh, fuck, like we can be more than just a show about parenting. Is that episode where I think it's called Daddy Drop Off and also like, fuck, I'm a girl dad, I'm a boy dad culture, like fuck that TikTok culture of like, you know, fetishizing the version, yeah. Like, there's a thing where it's like, I'm a girl dad, I'm a dad that looks after a girl. Oh, so-
1: look, I do braiding, here's how yeah. I do my braiding, yeah, 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 yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fuck that. Uh, millennial culture is a curse, and we all need yeah, to, I'm be so young. sorry, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like, everyone's like, boomers are the bad guys, but it's like, no, no, no millennials are the bad guys, yeah, but they anyway. taught us how to be bad guys, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah,
1: they raised us to be bad they guys, they raised us, they're bad guy dads.
0: But in Daddy Drop Off, it tells this really awesome story, this concurrent story about this kid that goes to daycare and is really shy and anxious and doesn't know how to make friends but then concurrently tells this story about Dad dropping Bingo off and he's running late and he's like, Bingo, we got to go. Just go in, take your back, go in, say goodbye. And you know as a parent when you're dropping your kids off, especially at daycare, even if you're in a rush, you can't just leave them at the door. You know, like you need to you need to go in and help facilitate them to help them feel comfortable to go in. And there's been many times when I've been like, I'm oh, just fucking, just fucking go in. But it's like, no, 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 I have to go in. I have to help you pick the fridge you want to put your lunch in. I have to help you write your name. And you make those choices as a parent. But yeah. there's this moment where bingo's like, Dad, we have to play like, I can't remember, it's like wind-up robot or something. And he's like, oh, okay, we'll play it. And he does this thing where he like winds up like a, like a wind-up robot toy, the back of Bingo. And then she walks into daycare like a wind-up toy. We then cut to Bandit, the dad, and Bluey in the car. And Bluey's like, Dad, why are we late? And he's like, oh, we're we late because, you know, I had to do, play that game with Bingo. And she's like... What would, have, what would happen if we didn't play that game? And he's like, I don't know, probably nothing. But then it cuts to mm. Bingo walking into daycare like a wind-up toy and this anxious child come, like you know going to meet her and be like, that looks like fun, can I play? And Bingo's like, yeah. And then they start playing, they start pretending to be robots. And the final seconds of this episode shows Bingo and this kid sitting for their daycare photo, then sitting for their school photo, and then sitting together for their high school photo. As if this moment, this moment of parenting led to this lifelong friendship. I can't recount this episode without crying. It's, despite everything we've said about Bluey, and I think it's valid, I still think it's a perfect piece of media.
1: It also gave us Keepy Uppy, which is a good game. Um, So... Both those things, it's good.
0: So, look, I wasn't, you know, when I asked you about Bluey, I wasn't expecting that answer, but I'm grateful for it. In the same way, you might Mm. have been expecting an episode of Spooko where I tell a horror movie synopsis to Peach and he makes some funny calls, and we get to an end. Oh, and I still
1: th- made some classic calls about him. <laughs> <laughs> the unnecessarily cruel about people just trying to raise their kids.
0: But sometimes things are even better because today <gasps> you can find the yes. full first episode. Bluey epi- <laughs> oh, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry, the full sorry. I'm with you. First episode of the Nightmare Method. <laughs> yeah. It's out now. Please, obviously, like you know, listen to this. Finish off this intermission we do these sometimes they're fine i like yeah. them um, we've only
1: just started the cool bits coming
0: <laughs> but but go listen to the nightmare method the whole thing's there it's over an hour long it's really cool tell us what you think follow us blah 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 blah, blah.
1: yeah like like we are really proud well, sorry i i shouldn't speak i am very proud of it imagine no, I'm if i proud
0: wasn't of proud of it imagine if you were proud uh, of it but i was like i
1: don't i'm not proud of it it'd be funny if you were like oh, i'm proud of my bits yeah, <laughs> fair, <though. laughs> i actually am prouder of shag's bits um And that's in part because I enjoy them more, but also in part because this is like, you know, it's still your boys, Peach and Shag, like we're still doing the things, but there's a degree of refinement, a degree of thought, um, and a degree of production value, and that sort of thing that's really gone into this. Um, Spooko was a good idea, remains a good idea, and we just go in and give it a crack, and then Shag does some hard work editing afterwards. This, Shag, I think you'd agree... I was the product of a whisper more planning but also has some good seat-of-your-pants energy. I think we're calling it season zero, Shag, to kind of reflect that we're also finding our feet and trying to get a rhythm going for, for how it's going to look.
0: We're calling it season zero because we don't... As we were recording... Like, now we kind of know what this show's going to be, but as we were yep. recording it, we were kind of making it up as we go along. So, we're calling it season zero because it really is the precursor to what will be the Nightmare Method that we think is going to be ongoing, that's going to be released monthly. um, Monthly-ish. Monthly-ish. Monthly-ish, yeah. We're not going to set ourselves the insane targets that we do on Spooko for this, but (sighs) we're very excited for it. We're also calling it Season Zero because we recorded the whole thing in Adele's mom's house in the same room. Our Mm. mics weren't amazing when we recorded it, so Mm. the mic quality isn't as good as it could be, and I'm a bit bummed about that. But that's why it's Season Zero. That's why that's that's the get out of jail free card. And if there's anything hold yourself to a low standard, you can't fail. (laughs) And if there's anything you don't like about the Nightmare Method, episode one, season zero. Eat shit. (laughs) No, don't eat shit. But like season zero.
1: Give us no, don't give us feedback. Uh, Give uh, give us (laughs) feedback. Constructive
0: feedback. Constructive feedback. You just mean compliments. I do like compliments,
1: <laughs> but also if there's that kind of constructive feedback where you can feel good about yourself, of like oh, I just took some constructive feedback where someone says in future episodes maybe just look for American episodes and we can be like oh yeah, very good, very good, and can sort of like and we could have the smugness of like we are already going to do that. That's pretty really good.
0: Ah, oh, okay, go listen to it, please listen to it right now. Uh- Nightmare method.
1: Yeah, look, oh, I don't know, we've got heaps of more fun stuff to say on this intermission though, so you better, better keep listening. <laughs> uh, this was recorded at FBI Studios, please like, subscribe and follow wherever you can and as much as you can, and Resh's, what's up?